Welcome everybody to Yankee Chronicles. I'm Bobby Ryan. I'm here with Donald, Evan, and Rob. And it's been a crazy week. And before we start getting into that, we do want to ask you that you check out our friends at statementgames.com, where you can have, find a unique experience with fantasy sports. And check out docadamsbaseball.org, where you can learn all about the history of baseball. So it's been a like we like we said in the beginning, it's been a crazy, you know, crazy 24 hours. Um on uh, in baseball and on social media. Um, you have the Castillo talks breaking down. You have the Mets G, uh, GM in, in the scandal. You know, the, the Corey Clover that we still haven't really been able to indulge into too much. So th there's a lot that we can get into, and we're going to try to just recap everything and um, see, you know, what's what and, and – where is each situation? What's the next move going forward? Um, being Kluber is on the Yankees. I do want to start with him. And we all know the stats. We all know his accomplishments. What the angle I looked at it is a lot of people that are on the negative side, you know, the, the pessimistic fans that are not happy that he's on the Yankees that he's not going to be able to contribute anything. And I kind of think that's being a little unfair to him. Um, we've seen time and time again, players near the end of their career. It's very hit or miss. It's 50-50. And the Yankees are going to have to get it right at some point where they bring in a player near the tail end. And it's either going to revitalize them or is just going to put the final nail in that coffin? Rob, do you think that's a, a fair statement? Uh, yeah, I think with Kluber, it's just he's had some freak injuries, you know, and he was – people seem to forget that he was a two-time Cy Young winner before um, all these injuries happened with him. And, yeah, it is a risky move because you're adding a guy who hasn't pitched in two seasons, but if you get – something close to what he was at his best. This is an absolute steal. And as for the pessimistic, uh, pessimistic fans, that, that's all over Twitter. You're going to find that no matter what fan base it is. It seems to be high in the Yankees fan base, especially these days. But um, I don't, I don't think it's a terrible move. You're not, we're not asking him to be the ace. We're not even really asking him to be the number two because there's still moves to be made. So I don't really see the, uh, the uproar about this negativity, negativity about the Kluber signing. I think it's a good move, especially if he can be just like I said, something close to what he was in Cleveland. Yeah. So Ev, he, uh, so he hasn't pitched a, a full season, you know, in two years. Do you think that's an advantage for him that that's two years less on his arm, or could that regress him back to where he's not as effective? No, I think it is an advantage. I think if you look at the fact that last year was only a 60-game season and he never got into the routine, he pitched 18 pitches before his shoulder blew out. Um, you know, that's a freak injury, like Rob just said. He broke his arm on a line drive. That's a freak injury. That's not him breaking down because he's old or wonky or this or that. Those are freak injuries. And if you look at the history of his career, he's only had two or three injuries. So I'm not as concerned as everyone else. And there was a comparison – on Twitter today by that Joseph McFly guy who's compared him to Tulawinski. 
First off, Tulawinski had about 13 injuries before he got to the Yankees. They're not even in the same paragraph, no. okay? So let's just shut up with that one. Well, it's, also, it's two different positions. You can't compare, you know, I, I don't, I prefer not to compare a pitcher to a shortstop or a catcher to an outfielder. The, the, the training is completely different. You know, exactly. And, and and if you look at Tulewinski, what was wrong with him? His ankles were shot. His arms were like he had every issue in the book. Kluber's literally had two issues and both of them, we just said, were freak accidents. Yeah, it wasn't conditioning. Yeah. No, he's only 35 years old. I don't like to think that that means he's at the tail end of his career because of some age. You know, some pitchers can make it into their 40s. Maybe Kluber's one of those guys. He's a good pitcher. And I think that if we give him the shot, he can get back to, you know, Cy Young uh, caliber. He was in 2018. That's not that far away. And last year's season doesn't count to me. There was 60 games. He signed really late and then was expected to suddenly figure it out with a new team. You know, Donald, it's only one year, 11 million. Right? We haven't heard any, any other deviation from that, from the contract. That's pretty, pretty consistent. Yeah. So, do you think that this is that one year make or break contract where he actually exceeds the expectations and what are your expectations for him? Well, you know, I have to, you have to kind of trust Cashman and his scouts at the, at the workout that he did. And um, from what I hear, it was a very impressive workout. In fact, there's an article on NJ.com um, saying that it was a very impressive workout. And in fact, they, it, it, specifically quotes uh, Marlins reliever Richard Blyer, who says that if if, uh, if he were a Yankee fan, he'd be really excited right now. So he's saying that uh, he, he was really impressed with uh, what he's seen so far this offseason um, from from uh, Kluber. So that's, that's a good sign. Um, I think uh, 11 million is kind of a testament to there's probably been quite a lot of interest after, you know, I think um, – there was quite a few teams that were interested in us. So 11 million is, is slightly on the high side for a prove it deal. However, um, if, if he can come back to even a semblance of the picture that he was between 2014, 2018, where he pitched 200 innings plus every single year, you know, he was a Cy Young caliber pitcher at the time. Um, we're not even asking him to be even close to Cy Young caliber, but if he can um, eat innings and, and, um, you know, pass the lead on to the bullpen. That's all we're really asking him to do. And I think he's more than capable of doing it. Yeah, um, I think if, if he's able to go, you know, six innings, seven innings in that range, keep his ERA mid-threes, I think yeah, with his lineup, I think he could be very effective on the mound. Yeah, um, because he'll have the offensive. I believe he'll have he'll benefit from the, the run support. Um, which is something that a lot of people are starting to take consideration with pitching in the ERA. You know, we talked about with Herman. You know, he's had a four ERA, but he had a great run support, so he was able to stack up some wins. Um, I think he could wins, wins and losses are kind of a diminished uh, stat. It doesn't show much. I mean, we we've talked. You know, we've brought up Degrom. You know, he he should have win after win after win, but he doesn't have the run support. Yeah. You know, hopefully this year he's able to to capitalize on the moves the Mets have made. 
But with the Mets, now they're in an, they're in another setback. And it's not about with the production. It's what happened, you know, what do they do with looking for the GM? Because they already released him um, after that after the controversy with the pictures. Uh, what do the Mets do now? Does do you think all this thing just says, you know what, I'll just do it myself? That's what oh. needs to happen. Because it's the it's it's too it's too close to the regular season to bring in a new guy and go with it on that plan. Alderson has been there for a bunch of years in the past, so I think he knows how to kind of run the show. But it's highly embarrassing that they hired a guy without seeing this type of information. And it's even more embarrassing that, uh, what's his name, Jared Porter? Yeah. He disclosed this information. How can you look for a job like this and not think that in this social media day that that information is going to come out? Of course it's going to come out, and it did, and he's screwed. He's never going to get a job ever again. Yeah. Now, Rob, this is something that that happened, what, four years ago, I believe it was reported. So he has been in multiple organizations since then. So it's not like this is the the Mets. um, It's solely on the Mets that they hired this guy. You know, so, you know, the Red Sox, he was, you know, um, there were a couple other teams that slipped my mind right now. He was on the Cubs in 2016. Oh, so he traded for Torres. Cubs is when this all transpired. Does baseball need to take a closer look at how things are handled? Uh, maybe. Um, probably, yeah, but I, I, I was so – I woke up to this news and I was like, in shock because you just the fact that we're still seeing things like this in, in this day and age where yeah. just such disrespectful t- nonsense like this it's uh honestly i'm at a loss for words for it it's disgusting because you know we've seen it with our team you know we have two players that were uh hit with suspensions for domestic violence and it's yeah. just the fact that we keep seeing stuff like this especially with athletes and guys in professional sports is just i it's 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 bad um but i don't know can you really dive into that as an organ like if you're trying to hire this guy like can you look into his text message pass because the chance that he deleted it you know i'm sure he did delete all those conversations trying to save himself but the other person didn't so and eventually that stuff will come back to get you you know you got really especially like, like evan said in this in this day and age in social media like i don't know i just don't know how uh on to the next one. I can't. I yeah. can't really. You know, it's it, a, it's a let's just close this one out by saying we feel bad for her that she had to put up with yeah. it. You know, it was you know unnecessary, disrespectful. You know, and it just can't be tolerated. And I will say that I'm glad that the Mets acted as quick as they did by releasing right. it. Um, you know, Cohen's not playing good. games. I think that was good. You know, it didn't take them long. They just no. I but I will say, I think the Mets handled this very well. Yeah, I like Cohen. I think Cohen's a really good uh, owner, and I think he's going to be great for the Mets moving forward. I think he's going to be good for baseball. I think he's going to kind of get all these owners to kind of shape up. Right. Well, what it feels like is it feels like. The Mets just got George Steinbrenner because George was a fan of the Yankees. He loved this team more than anyone. So as a fan, to relate to the owner at that level is a very big deal to a bunch of us. So I think the Mets really got someone that they can, you know, relate to and understand that he's going to try his best for the best interest of the team. Yeah. 
you know, and we, we, you know, we don't get that feeling now with, with Hal and Cashman that they put the fans first. You know, we, we've said it before that for them, it's about the bottom line. You know, Hal's all about, you know, the profit. Cashman's about trying to just play, play it safe to the vest. So we saw yesterday the Castillo deal blow up. They wanted Torres. That was never an option. You know, Scott was the one that said it on, on the other, on Sunday show that that was the guy that they were going to ask for. And he, he turned out to be right. So do you think that this is still something that can go into motion or is the Castillo talks to the Yankees completely dead? Evan. No, I don't think it's dead at all. I think anything you hear or don't hear is simply mute noise. I think when you're dealing with mass chaos on Twitter, both the Yankees and the Reds, for their players' sake, wanted that to stop. I, you know, it's not good, especially for someone like Clint Frazier or a young ace like Castillo to keep hearing that he's about to get moved. He probably called the team and is like, yo, what's going on? That could have easily happened. So, no, I don't think it's dead but I do think that they need to get attention away from it because they're, if they're in the middle of a negotiation, you cannot have anything go out because you're going to lose leverage on either side. So I think that maybe the Reds GM put out that he wanted Torres and then it kind of killed you know, the hope for everyone else. Um, I don't know if that's the case because when I vehemently said on uh, Sunday that that was not going to be the case. It's because I knew as soon as you put Torres in that deal, the deal's dead. Yeah. And I think the Reds desperately need to move some of those contracts. And I think if you get a major league player back like Clint and Garcia, plus some prospects for the future, that drastically helps the way the Reds can be in the next couple of years. They, they have three really bad contracts and they need to move at least one of them. Yeah. You know, it's funny because, Sunday off camera, um, you and I talked about Estrada, you know, and the Reds do need a shortstop. So that might be somebody that they can kind of throw in with, with some of the other prospects, like a Gil or Medina. So to give the Reds a chance to at least have somebody that can field the position until next year's uh, free agency class. If, if that's what they need. I think that there is still a lot that the Reds and the Yankees can give each other without losing the fan bases. So it depends on whether they want to wait or not, because if they yeah. if they don't want to go into a rebuild, then they're going to want a player like Estrada, which is why they maybe asked for Torres. But if they're willing to wait a little bit, then maybe they take Clint Garcia and you add Velope to the deal and they can wait on Velope because he's going to be a good shortstop. I have a feeling on that one. Yeah. Donald, Joy, any mm -hmm. thought? And to, to cool uh, Brian Cashman, he always uses the uh, the analogy that it's a dance. And that's what it is. It's, it's negotiation. It takes time. It's toing and froing. I mean, um, I I wouldn't necessarily say the deal's dead. I mean, obviously, we're not privy to the negotiations, but I mean, we couldn't possibly have just accepted the the Gleyber Torres uh, request because then it doesn't get any higher than that. I mean, we're not leaving ourselves with any leverage ourselves. So um, we can, uh, you know, there's it would be negligence to say any deal is dead because you don't know, like 
for instance, the Reds might come in later and say, listen, our market isn't what we hoped it would be for Castillo. Um, we'll take a slightly lesser prospect or we'll, we'll, we'll move off of Gleyber Torres and we're happy to take on Estrada or, and Clint Frazier and, and, and two of your best uh, pitching prospects, something like that. And I think you could uh, look at that. But as I say, we're not privy. We don't know what's happening behind the scenes, but I don't believe it's necessarily dead because, as I say, deals can happen really quickly out of nowhere when a team is in a position of need. And uh, they are, they have already kind of expressed that uh, that Castillo um, is, is likely to be moved. I mean, even the, even the statement that the Reds made was not a finale, any finale to it. He said, we intend for, for Castillo <laughs> to come back in 2021. Intend is a different word than he is certainly coming back in 2021. You know what I mean? Intend leaves some uh, some room to manoeuvre, you know? So I think Cashman will circle back to that later. Okay. Rob, do you think that the Yankees are treated unfairly with these negotiations, that they're always asking for guys that they know they're not going to get, but they'll take scrap heap prospects from other teams to make deals? Do you think that the Yankees are kind of blacklisted you know, for lack of a better term? Uh, maybe a little bit, but, you know, we can't forget that we gave away uh, a rental of Chapman for Gleyber Torres. <clears throat> Excuse me. And also, even though we were taking on a big contract of Giancarlo Stanton, we gave them nothing. Yeah. You know, we, we didn't really give up much. But you, know, you hear this in a lot of uh, trade negotiations where teams want Gleyber Torres. You know, they want Dominguez. And so maybe it is a thing that they don't want to help out the Yankees. Like you got, we know you guys have the money to go get whoever you want. So we're going to ask for your best. So maybe there is something going on with that, but I don't think it's to the magnitude that some people like to think it is, you know, it's a negotiation thing. And, you know, we've seen it before. I'm sure when the sunny gray trade, the sunny gray trade was going on, they wanted top guys and they settled on the guys they did. You know, it's a whole negotiation period. But if you start off with Gleyber Torres, Cashman's going to immediately say no. And the same thing with Dominguez. So maybe the Yankees and Reds come to some middle ground. But one thing about that is, like Scott said on Sunday, this whole thing got blown up because someone misinterpreted Jim Bowden. You know, yeah. Jim Bowden did not say they were close or they were in talks. He said they had just, they had talked. Yeah. And – Hector Gomez ran with that and said, oh, it's, it's something's going on. And then you saw these fake reports going out. So it was social media taking its course. And it was the fan base really saying, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And it forced the Reds GM to say, hold on, nothing's happening here. And then even the Yan a Yankee official said it's BS. So, yeah, that could just be to say, let's stop the talk about it so we can negotiate. But it's, yeah. it's, there's a lot to think about with that. Yeah, the good thing about that is we sat here with, you know, going over who we, who we think would be in a deal, you know, how it would work financially and, you know, how, you know, what pieces would fit. You know, we never really took a bite at that, you know, at, at, we never bit the bait that this was a done deal. You know, so I think we did pretty good with keeping our heads on straight and understanding that this is a process, you know, and it's, this is why you can't be reactionary when news hits the, the, the cycle. So, 
even if this doesn't happen now, that's not to say that come the trade deadline, that the the landscape of how the talks are going to go is going to change for our benefit or their benefit. Evan, do you think that's still an option by the trade deadline? Of course it's an option. I think the Reds really need to weigh how they feel about their future. Right now, you can't look at the future because you haven't played a game with this roster in a season that's full. So, you know, they just made those big contracts last year and then COVID hit. So it, it puts a pretty big stain on what they were trying to do. Um, if you remember last year, the media also said, oh, my God, the Reds got so much better. They're going to win all these games. They might they might make the playoffs and do all this stuff. And it, it's OK. We'll see if that happens. Um, if they have another dreadful season, then I expect that they will try to move it at the deadline. The problem with that is you lose so much value having to make a move like that at the deadline than if they did it right now. Um I think the funny thing, too, is and it shows how crazy social media is and the fact that us as fans, we can read into what the market is, but we honestly have no idea what's going on. While the Castillo stuff was happening, that was just a smokescreen for the trade that was about to happen with Musgrove. None of us saw that coming, especially not to the Padres. The Padres weren't even mentioned at looking at him. Uh, So that's really frustrating. But you have to consider the fact that the Padres have made three moves. That's the market and trade value. So that's why I, again, think that Torres can't possibly cost any of these pitchers. So if you look at what the Padres gave up, trades with the Yankees have to be at that level, maybe slightly higher, but not Torres higher. No, it might not even be Frazier high. I mean, it it depends what they want. I'm – certain that we have the prospects to move to the Reds for this deal. And I'm certain that we have a few major league players that they would want, but they need to evaluate whether they think they can win this year or not. If they don't think they can win this year, then you make the trade right now. You know, they can even, you know, they still need to figure out what they're going to do to, to finish off the, you know, they still have to make the adjustments on a 40 man roster, you know, for, for um, Allen Kluber, you know, and, if Chasin turns out to be, you know, back into form, you know, he's also an option. You know, that's really hasn't gotten much attention. That that one kind of came under the radar because um, it was right, you know, right before the Kluber deal. Um, so the Yankees have a lot to think about, and I think this is going to really force their hand to start moving some of these prospects. You know, where you have four players for one, you know, type of deals. So I, I think, you know, it, it's pretty safe to say at this point that the free agents market for the Yankees roster is pretty much going to go into the uh, into the background and it's going to be more of a trade market coming into spring training. I do believe the Kluber deal is our last deal. I'm, I'm, I'm almost sure. No, I don't think so either. I agree. I do think there's another pitcher coming, but it, yeah. but needing to make room on the roster, it's going to be trade because they have to move some of these players to they make. Have to. They really need to. You can't yeah, they, these prospects. Yeah, they could certainly do something like if you remember when we traded Sonny Gray, the guy we got back, we immediately flipped to Seattle because we didn't have room on the forty man. So they could. Uh, I think it was Shed Long who we got, but we traded for. Was it Stowers? Did we trade him for Josh Stowers? 
Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so we could certainly see that happening where a guy like Estrada who might be out of options or something like that just to clear up a spot, we trade him for a guy who's not on the 40-man. You know, we could see a lot of minor minor moves like that that clear up some space. But like you said, we could see a big three-for-one trade to get a pitcher. You know, there's a lot of options they have to do, but they have to clear the space, and that's why there's certainly another move or two coming probably soon. I would hope. Yeah, well, you know, another player that never gets mentioned is Wade. You know, he's, you know, he's not a top value guy, but he's a utility guy that you, you know, you, you, you might sweeten the deal with, you know, because he has no, you know, I, I just don't see how he keeps surviving. He doesn't have a major league bat. I don't see it. No. He's pretty good in the field. But he's not a great base runner. He makes some stupid. He's fast as hell, but he makes stupid mistakes. Uh, He'd be really good on a team like the Cubs. And uh, he's not got a major league bat, so I don't know what kind of value he'd have in the trade. But... Yeah, I would. I would look into teams. You know, you know, National League, big ballpark. You know, where a ball in the gap, you can utilize his speed. So, um, I, I don't think that he's somebody that could be ignored. You can't steal first, though. He has no – has, there's no room for him. He could fit nicely in a trade to Colorado for, like, Marquez or a trade to, uh, to Seattle for Marco Gonzalez, stuff like that. But he's not going to get you anything, you know, big. No, no, no. He no. would, he would be a second piece in any of those deals as well. Yeah, I'm just thinking of a guy on the 40-man that nobody ever wants to – you know, nobody wants to talk about. I can't stand our bench. Doesn't have a, he doesn't have a place anymore. Yeah, our, our whole bench pisses me off. Ford should not be on our bench. Wade should not be on our bench. We need contact hitters and good defensive people on our bench, and we don't have really either. I mean, Wade's okay at defense, but his bat is so weak. Yeah. yeah. I prefer Estrada to, to Wade, personally. Yeah. yeah, I'd rather Estrada on the bench than Wade. I'd yeah, rather Andrew Hall on the bench than Wade. You know, yep, I agree with that too. You know, if you, you know, why was it? Why isn't Andujar used as a, as a late game pinch hitter rather than Ford? What? Because Ford has a lefty bat, he gets the free exactly. pass. That's bullshit. Hey, a weekly reference of Mike Ford. We did it. There it is. Mitt <laughs> Merrifield. You sell, I was going to say, sell them all for wit. That's all. <laughs> I did a trade this morning for wit. Actually, I did Hicks and Gill for wit. Oh, nice. Yeah. Huh. That's something <clears throat> to put thought into. It can't be this. You put wit in center field, and I'm happy. Yeah, you are. <laughs> for like a day, then I'll find something else to be pissed off about. Well, that's what I was going to say. We got DJ LeMahieu in an incredibly sweet deal, and you, you're still pissed off. <laughs> Could you imagine <laughs> if we had a team with wit, DJ, and Brantley? And you could space those guys throughout the lineup. That is the best contact hitting lineup in the game right now. In my Even two out of three would do me just perfectly fine. Exactly. Have we heard anything more on Brantley? Is there is there any movement on his market right now? It's been quiet. Quiet. We've been so preoccupied with Castillo. Who knows what he could have been signed two days ago? We wouldn't know. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think that with 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 the whole Castillo thing. And, and social media. We had a lot of fun with it. You know, we kept our heads straight. We, we didn't, you know, start, you know, 
pre-ordering jerseys. And a lot of people were just ready to just sell everybody to get, you know, to get it done. You know, and I think some people took it too. There were some people that were very serious about, they were convinced that he was coming, you know, the social media did they did social media kill the deal as much as we keep saying it did, you know, or is it the, the negotiations were, you know, was it close to being finalized? And then they were like, that's it. But, you know, nothing goes from what I heard, uh, you know, the Jules Sherman's gone article. <clears throat> I'm, I'm pretty sure that <laughs> as soon as they called up and said, uh, Gleyber Torres, I think that pretty much, was the is the death nail to the, the the negotiations as we stand at the moment? I was saying that's not going to happen in the future, but as of right now, I think it was Glaber Torres rather than Yankee Twitter being excited rather than that caused any issues. Trades. Yeah, I could. You know, I had this quick image of Cashman calling up the Reds GM, tell them I tell them you asked for this guy because we. we, we that we're being distracted with all this social media noise. Let's just get them off our back so we can do business. You know? Yeah. I, That's yeah. what I feel happened because like I said, it's not good for the players. You think Clint is happy sitting there on Twitter all day. You know, he's on Twitter all day. You think he's happy seeing his name every five minutes after he just proved why he deserves to be here. It's I sucks. thought it was funny when, I don't know, Rob, did you see when um, Clint Frazier tweeted out the scene? Yeah. From- Wall Street. I'm not leaving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah was he's like, right, that was that was fucking that was good. The show yeah, he's really on. good with that. He's really good with that stuff. He's always uh his name has been up in trade discussion since we got him, really. Yeah. That's the crazy yeah. thing. Really starting back in 2017, everyone was thinking, where is he gonna play? Because they just don't want to seem to use him. And he's always kind of responded to that on Twitter in funny ways. So I think if he was to get moved, he would he'd be a little upset because he definitely seems like he wants to be here. No yeah. one can doubt that. He definitely wants to be here, but he's wherever he goes, if he does get traded, he's gonna he's gonna be a good addition to any locker room, any any team. And um he's he's a really good social media presence. He's a funny guy. And funny thing is that's what a lot of people complained about with him a couple of years ago. Yeah. And now you know, it doesn't seem like much of an issue to those same people. Well, that's so. because he improved his play. So right. if you're performing and you're contributing, you can put up with the bullshit. But he wasn't think- given the chance to contribute, though, exactly. to, his, to his credit. Exactly. They were not call- they were calling him up for a week. To one-year freaking deal. Yeah. And they would call him up for three games and send him down. They'd play him in one. You'd see him pinch hit. And he never got a real chance to prove himself. He played once every week and have a bad play defensively, and it's trade this guy for anything. Oh, stop tweeting and start working on your defense. That's what people would say to him. And he finally got his chance to play. He shut those people up, and now it's like, oh, tweet whatever the hell you want. We don't care because you're playing. He also showed in interviews that he's gotten so much more mature. I think he figured out what he has to do to get those critics to shut the fuck up because, you know, if you're going to be that funny guy – People are going to misinterpret it all the time. Oh, he's just being funny instead of working hard. Being funny doesn't mean you don't have a good work ethic. We've yeah, seen that right. he has a great work ethic. It's just there are a bunch of things that, you know, happened. It was, he struggled defensively because of the concussions, I believe. Yeah. Partly, and also partly. Yeah, I think the concussion yeah, weighed heavily on, you know, put a lot on that uh, on his defense than people thought. 
I don't think his defense is all that bad. Your reflexes are off. Yeah. I didn't know it was a joke. It's, yeah, it's definitely not a joke. But I just, it's fun having the, the, the discussions of, you know, is this guy moving? You know, let's make a run after that guy. Well, this guy. But it's just a shame that people just take it too far and just kill the fun. Yeah. It's just not, it's not fair to us. Us, you know, our end of, of being a fan. And it, it's just the pain in the ass. You know, it's like, all right, well, who are we going to go after? Who are we going to target next? Well, how do we know that they're already not targeting two other people? You know, like Evan says all the time, they don't have to tell us what they're doing. We just have to sit back and hope that when the deals are done, we're a better team. That's all that matters. That's all that matters is at the end. And in the end, they're not just a playoff team. They're a World Series team. I I still agree with Donald. Yeah, Cashman figures it out. I agree with Donald that one more move is definitely coming, whether it's a, you know, mid-tier starter or a big trade, another trade's coming. Another move is coming. Cashman's reading the market. I mean, he obviously is, he's gone dog's abuse because he's not working as fast as the Mets are. What he's doing is he's reading the market and he got DJ at a steal. He got Kluber at a very nice price. Um, and there's still room now to, to add another arm, one starter, probably another reliever as well. And that's really all we really need to do. And uh, if we had a lefty bat as well, that would be handy because I do think that the the the, the lineup uh, really struggles without that a little bit of a lefty bat in there. But I mean, it, it just takes time. We, there's no need to rush. Cashman isn't rushing, so let's just take our time. It'll happen. I mean, we got DJ in the end. We got Kluber. So things are happening. Well, don't you think this question goes to all of you that the fact that we signed DJ started the market anyway, the market was dead until Cashman made that move and then got Kluber as well. So he, and he does this all the time is basically setting the trend moving forward in both free agency and the trade market. So, you know, Time has always been a factor for him. So sit back, let him do what he needs to do, and he's going to make a move. Because we didn't think that we were going to get anything, and we got two impact players in one day. Yeah. And to be fair, he did say to DJ, listen, shop yourself if you feel it. If you feel you can get more than a four-year deal elsewhere, then come back to us. But nobody did. Toronto, the highest they came back to offered uh, him was was a four years, but was it 75, 80, whatever? So, you know, we came back and we said, listen, Six. Can have your six. Give you ninety. Well, good deal. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up and just tune in during the week because we're going to be indulging into a little more in detail with the trade market. You know, are there other pitches that are available? What's the status with with Tanaka? Should we take a run at Paxton? And we will indulge into also the news with Didi getting signed. Um, so tune in during the week. We'll be here every morning and. We will talk to you then. Wait, wait. He got signed? Oh, oh, oh. Where did Didi go? He got, I saw on somewhere, he got a four-year deal. No, get the hell out of here. I don't say you see anything like that. 
Yeah, I saw something on uh, on Twitter. Who the hell was it? Well, I'm you looking sure at speculation. Might have been. Let's see, DD. Let me type in. I don't type too fast. <laughs> so what's something? Yeah, red sign. Okay, oh, MLB trade rumors. So it wasn't red sign. Didi Gregorius to four years, $48 million deal. Because they need that shortstop. Was that a suggestion or was that actually happening? I, I've heard so, that at the rumor. This is on Twitter, the MLB trade rumors page. Does that make sense, though, considering they're looking to shed salary? No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they make that trade, then no, it doesn't. It's <laughs> yeah, no sense to me. I, I can see him going back to the Phillies. Yeah, I mean, so we'll, we'll, try, we'll, we'll, we'll try to sort this all out during the week, yeah. <laughs> and um, we'll see. We'll see if there's any validity to that because I thought it was on a different Twitter feed, not a rumors feed. Um, so that's my fault. So I knew I saw something real quick before I called it a night last night. And uh, so that that was uh, that's on me for getting everybody all riled up. <laughs> well, I was shocked because I don't usually miss shit like that. So, yeah, that's that's why I saw your faces. I'm like, wait, let me just make sure it wasn't. Uh, I knew it was an MLB account. So. That's the only reason why I, I, I opted to mention that. So we're going to uh, tackle onto that tomorrow. So everybody, again, for the second time, let's everybody have a good day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Peace.